0: It's Rob Moore here and this video is probably one of the most important I've ever done uh, and it's about mental health, especially in business and suicide. Now, I'm doing this for the World Mental Health Day, which of course is the 10th of October, but this video is relevant every single day. Now, I have some statistics in front of me which are are quite um, shocking. Um, And before I share those with you, I'm planning to give you about seven pieces of information around specifically dealing with mental health challenges in starting up your business, in entrepreneurship, in your career, um, which I would say more is my area of experience. I'm not a a trained suicide prevention person. Um, I have spoken to thousands of people on the phone one-to-one over the last, well, five years, pretty much three calls a day, um, but maybe for 10 years. And I've seen some common threads and patterns in people who are struggling. Uh, and I wanted to share some of those with you and let you know that um, things are probably not as bad as you seem. Now, if you're watching this video and you're struggling, I think some of the content will help you. But if you're watching it and you're not yet struggling, as things get harder in business, as there's a recession, as maybe you're struggling with a work-life balance, as you're working Hard, and, and you know, maybe your energy and passion and enthusiasm uh, start to wane as you have disruptions, legal cases, reputational, and um, other issues. This stuff can really come at you as a surprise, it can blindside you. And I, I probably was too proud a few years ago to talk about some of the feelings that I had, which were quite dark or empty because sometimes emptiness is worse than darkness. Now, my dad um, has um, bipolar, manic depression, as it was known before. And right now it's probably, I don't know if it's the worst it's ever been, but it's certainly hard. Um, And he's had all sorts of medication, which while it takes the extremes away, the highs and the lows, it kind of loses my dad's identity and soul and personality. Um, And I always used to feel... Um, in the early days of dealing with my dad's manic depression, that the hardest points were the lows, but actually often the hardest points are the highs. And when my dad used to be in his manic mode, in his really sort of high, everything is great in life, um, he used to be very destructive, very, very destructive. So sometimes, you know, dealing with your mental health, it's complicated and it's not just about feeling empty or low, or depressed or alone is sometimes maybe emotional volatility of ups and downs and highs and lows and and certain needs and dependencies and um, i'm going to try and share some of those that i think are the most prevalent in business now what i don't want to do is give you all of my accolades and all the things that i've done in business over the years but i did start in my 20s um, from nothing and i was in a lot of debt and i'd got myself in a lot of debt and so i was at my lowest point in confidence probably and my lowest point financially, probably in my mid twenties, I would say, and it was. I felt it was really hard to make something of myself. I felt alone. I felt um, I, I was a bit. I played a bit of a victim mentality, if you like. I was needy. I didn't feel noticed. I didn't feel respected. I felt embarrassed because I hadn't sorted my own financial situation out, and I didn't really have anyone to talk to. Um, I was single at the time, and. I didn't really have that relationship with my parents to talk to them openly about that kind of thing. I didn't have a mentor, a coach, a support network, a community, which, by the way, are all all vital and we'll cover in this video. So I kind of struggled alone and I did a lot of personal development, went on a lot of seminars and did a lot of sort of personal therapy, if you like, um, to realise that a a lot of the the emptiness and the darkness and the struggle was kind of self-inflicted in my own mind. And there were things that I could do about it, some simple things. I just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And there were some resources that I didn't know because you don't know what's not there. I think it's an amazing thing to have a World Mental Health Day. I think it's fantastic that there's more recognition and acceptance and less less faux pas and taboo around mental health. Some of the strongest people we know are struggling with their mental health. And it's quite a normal thing now to Struggle with some of the overwhelm that the modern world brings um, and to be okay to be not okay. Now, and World Mental Health Day is all about um, increasing awareness on mental health and some of the issues um, and to give some solutions to that. And this year's theme, so 2019 theme, is on suicide and suicide prevention. Um, Now, There are a huge amount of suicides. It's 800,000 suicides every year, which is huge. And to me seems, I wouldn't say needless, but surely we can get that number down. And um, three quarters of those are male. Does that have any particular relevance? Well, I don't know. People are people. But I think it's more taboo and males are way less open. And I've got more and more open over the years. Now, I do podcasts and I write books and, you know, I do a lot of public speaking and I put myself out there a lot. And to be honest, a lot of people, especially males, are um, a bit fearful of being vulnerable and putting themselves out there and sharing some of their emotions you might be perceived to be weak or that you can't deal with your own own stuff or that you're supposed to just fix problems or people look up to you and the expectation is that you're strong and maybe you're not. And... I get a great amount of personal therapy and catharsis in my podcasts and lives and videos and books uh, that I wouldn't be able to get. And I know I'd be bottling all of this stuff in if I didn't do that. Um, so I would definitely encourage you to share more, not necessarily in a public forum, you know, maybe one step at a time. Just share more, some of the things you're feeling, um, especially males. Um, now, the leading course of death among people from 20 to 34 in the UK is suicide. Um, And it's the second leading cause of death of people 15 to 29 years old globally. And that's quite shocking to me when you think of all the other things that causes death, old age, you'd thought would, would have been the biggest one. Um, So it would be great if we could get some change going on with that. So if you feel that what I share with you in this video is really useful, maybe you could share this around on YouTube and social media. If you know anyone who's struggling, maybe you could encourage them to watch this. So I'm going to cover the following seven points. It's not just these that people have to deal with as a business person, entrepreneur and employee, um, but I think that these can really help you. So the first one is um, the curse of comparison and comparing yourself to other people. The second one is not feeling like you're doing well enough. The third one is not feeling like you're good enough. The fourth one is feeling alone or unnoticed or underappreciated. The fifth one is all the pressures outside of starting your business and employment, you know, trying to be a good parent, trying to be a good partner, trying to maintain hobbies, trying to maintain an image, trying to maintain a status quo, trying to look like you've got everything under control. Um, The next one is feeling like uh, you can't really be yourself and not really knowing who you are and the judgment from other people. The next one is uh, critics and trolling, especially on social media. And on that last one, I'll deal with the issues of social media that it brings because it's new and we don't really yet know how to handle it because it's very new in modern society. Okay, so I believe that if you didn't compare yourselves negatively ...to other people and you didn't look at someone else and think they're doing better, they're stronger, they're fitter, they're better looking, they're more confident. I believe if you had no one else to compare yourself to negatively, you wouldn't feel as frustrated, as down, uh, as not good enough... ...because we get value and uh, a frame of reference based on comparison. So I usually find that entrepreneurs and business owners are kind of okay... But then as soon as they see someone doing really well, they start to feel jealous, bitter envy, which is the outward manifestation often of not feeling good enough or beating yourself up or feeling guilty about the things that you should have done but didn't do. And why is it when we humans compare ourselves to others? It's mostly by thinking they've got it easier, they're doing better, they're luckier, um, They've been given a leg up instead of actually thinking, well, what have I done? So I would advise you. Well, maybe I would suggest it's probably not advice that each time you compare yourself to someone negatively, someone in your space who's further ahead than you in your niche, someone who's made more money or been more of a, an outward success to think about the things that you've done, that you've got that they wouldn't. And I'll give you a little sort of flippant example of this. One of my heroes for my whole life has been Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was very um, fortunate to meet him a few years ago. And it was a big thing for me because I would pedestalized him as a hero. You know, huge guy, a lot of power, but funny. Had mastered three different areas of life and business, politics, um, acting. Um, well, you could even argue authoring um, and, you know, sort of motivation. And of course... Uh, did I say politics? I might have said politics already. And then, of course, the bodybuilding, which he did. Was it How many Olympias did he win? Was it five or something like that? It was a lot. And to me, I, I just thought, wow, I could never be that good at that many different things. And, and, and he was kind of like an idol of mine. When I was a kid, I watched all the Arnie films. My mum used to take me to Blockbuster. I was only like 12 And she used to get all the 18s for me and I was standing there like this high at the counter. My mum would buy all the 18s for me or rent them. Uh, And I met him a few years ago. And When I met him, I was very nervous and he seemed nervous, too. And I don't know if it was because he was rushed or is he nervous about meeting new people? He obviously wasn't nervous about meeting me because I'm not a superstar. But he was much shorter than I thought. Like, I guess in my mind, I'd put him up here as being six foot 10. Apparently, he's six foot two. Well, I'm six foot three, and he was quite a lot shorter than me. So that struck me immediately wow. And I thought, you know, he he looks aged. Well, of course, he would at his age, but I guess I'd always imagined him as 25 and, you know, really, you know, like a a model look. And also, he was thinning a lot up there on his hair because I could see down because I'm taller. And it was clear that he was dyeing his hair. And I immediately in the moment just thought, Arnold Schwarzenegger is just a normal guy. And I'm standing next to him looking at him like he's my all time hero. Me and him are exactly the same. Okay, he's had more outward success in areas that he's, you know, pursued. But actually, I have things that I've done well. I've written more books than him. I've probably got more property than him. And I'm not saying this to brag, but the point is, if I'm pedestalizing someone, I should equally balance that with the things that I've done well. So comparing yourself to others when you're not as good as them and you haven't reached their heights. You immediately should then compare yourself to them in a more positive light in the skills and talents and experiences that you've got in life that are valuable and credible. Now, some people say to me, well, there's nothing that I'm really that good at. Well, no. So maybe you're a good generalist or maybe you're a good people person or maybe you care or you're empathetic. Maybe there's a hobby that you're really good at. But everybody is good at something and everybody has their own um, dose or equal uniqueness. Now, successful people, whether it's measured on Instagram influencers or money or fame or credits and accreditations and awards That's just an outward societal measure. And if you think about it, if you become a best-selling author, that doesn't really change your book. Like I write a book and the book is the book. And if I sell one copy or a million copies, the book is still the book. It's the same content. It's not a better book because it sold more copies. It's just a book. Now, I feel better when I get more outward recognition. But if I need all my recognition outwardly and I don't, recognize myself, i.e. that's a good book, then there's always going to be this hole. So if I say that's a good book and the world judges if the world likes it, but I know that's a good book. And by the way, if it's not, I make it better next time. Then I know I've made I've written a good book. And that should be the same about you. You've done things that are kind. You've done things over and above. You know, you've, you've cared. You've listened. You have actually probably achieved more than you think. If you go back and actually think about all the things that you've done in your life. It is an empty pursuit to compare yourself to others because there's always someone bigger, stronger, fitter, faster, more experienced. And by the way, when you become 70 or 80 and you're more experienced and more wise and more humble and you've made more money and you're financially free and you've got a a good business... You'll wish that you were 20 and naive and starting out and a beginner because you'd have another 70 years of life left as you get to the end of yours. So by the time you get to where you want to go and maybe you're not comparing yourselves to others and putting them up there, you're going to be comparing yourself to others in terms of their youth or their energy or their enthusiasm or passion. Now, I know this is not that easy because humans, we have to compare ourselves to others for um, value attribution. Um, And for survival, um, you value everything by comparing it to something, but you should be comparing positively and negatively equally and not just holistically negatively. Okay. so then the next thing, point two, is you're feeling like you're not doing well enough. Well, you wouldn't plant a seed and come back the next day and make demands and deaverish and, and behaviour about where your tree is. Why is my tree not there? I planted my seed yesterday. Where is my tree? I want I want a refund on the seed. I've been missold. This is a scam. I have no tree. But a lot of people, they have an unrealistic expectation of how well they could be doing. And then it links back to the first point, which is um, they think it should be bigger, better, faster, more. They think they should be making more money in less time. It should be easier because they look at other people. But when you compare yourself to other people, you don't know their whole life story. You have no idea what they've done. You have no idea how long. You have no idea what they're not telling you. Maybe they're blagging. Maybe they're bullshitting. Maybe they're over exaggerating. Um, you, You don't know. Maybe they're struggling, but they're trying to show you that everything is all right on the outside. You never get the full picture of someone's life. So don't compare yourself to someone when you haven't got the full picture. And it's absolutely vital that you get a complete set of data um, and experiences if you're going to take on other people's advice or you're going to model them. And you do that in the form of getting mentors, coaches, being in like minded communities, getting uh, accountability from people who are back in your corner who you know very well who um, are very experienced in your field, but you've seen the proof of that because there's a lot of people comparing themselves to others and they've got that other person wrong, that person that you're jealous of, that person that you're envious and bitter towards or that person that you think you admire has done amazingly well. Until you know the whole story, you shouldn't be comparing yourselves to them. So I believe that the bigger the gap between where you perceive you should be And where you actually are, the bigger that gap, the more unhappiness, darkness, loneliness, emptiness, frustration, anger, envy, bitterness, jealousy, and all those other dark emotions that you get are. So if you're practical and realistic about the time it takes to start a business, set up a business, hire people, grow your revenue, if you're practical and realistic Okay. on the one hand, you play safe. I get that. And you do need to take some risks. But at least if you're naive and you have this fantasy that you should be making passive income in the millions of pounds in five minutes, then you create this unrealistic, unachievable expectation. And the further away that is, the more insignificant you feel. So I think wisdom is in the balance. So be practical and realistic about what can be achieved but make it slightly stretchy and interesting and novel and exciting and put as much passion and enthusiasm into that as possible. But don't get so unrealistic and so um, deluded about what you can achieve in the time frame that you can achieve it. I guess if you were a martial artist... Someone will probably say to you it takes five years minimum to become a black belt. Some people take 10 years. If you're flying a helicopter, they'd say it takes 40 to 50 hours of flying before you get your license. Some people it takes 60 or 70 hours and you'd accept that. That would be normal and you wouldn't be oh, I want to do it in five. And if I don't do it in five, you know, then it's all shit and I'm shit and everything is shit. So creating a more realistic time frame of success in employment, success in business, in in wealth, etc. I think is a really positive thing to do. Okay. now, also, if you perceive you're not doing well enough, what it means is you're ticking or crossing all the things that you haven't achieved and you haven't done and you failed at and aren't happening quick enough. Whereas if you gave yourself a pat on the back and some recognition for small wins and all wins. So if you you said, hey, I've made my first pound online, I've sold my first book. I mean, to write a book is a massive, um, massive, massive, um, it's, it's a huge kudos to you. Uh, It's a huge thing that most people don't do. Most people have a book in them, but the thing is, it's still in them. It's a a big thing to write a book. It's a massive achievement. That was probably the word I was looking for. Um, And people, like, they will never feel good about the book that they've written until they've sold millions of copies. And when they've sold millions, they know people who've sold tens of millions. I have this little, um, I don't know, this little quirk, I suppose, with my books. So Robert Kiyosaki, I believe, has sold 20 million copies of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, That's pretty good. That might be in the personal development and kind of business book world, that might be the the apogee. That might be, that's the book that's done one of the best in the last uh, 20 years. Um, I'm probably not going to sell 20 million copies of one book. That doesn't make me any better or worse than Robert Kiyosaki. He's a lot older than me. It just means that he's him and I'm me. But if I write 100 books, I bet I can sell 100,000 copies of each or 200,000 copies of each. So I might not be able to sell 20 million copies in one book. But if I, saw, if I wrote 20 books that sold 1 million copies, I might get to 20 million. Um, and I have some of my books that have sold hundreds of thousands of copies. Now, of course, my early books sold like dozens of copies. So you can, there's different ways to get the result. And it's not wise to compare yourselves to others to feel like you're not doing well enough. And you can just keep trying and keep going and skin the cat a different way. The little things that you do, that are uh, they seem like small achievements, but they're actually big achievements. Um, If you reward yourself for small things, you'll create a habit to reward yourself for bigger things. You'll have some things to celebrate instead of nothing to celebrate. Because I used to do a lot of sport, and I loved the competition element of sport. I loved the winning. I didn't like the losing, but the losing was motivating. Um, And I learned how to win, and I learned how to lose, and that was all fun. And then when I got rid of all of that, because I did business... In business, you don't really win against someone. And so for years, I lost that competitive edge of competing, trying to win. I win, or I'm second, or I'm third, or I lose, I go again. And so it took the reward element out for me. So I had to figure it out myself. Now, many entrepreneurs, they're shooting for the big guy. I want to make five grand a month, then 10 grand a month, then 20 grand a month, then 50 grand a month, then 100 grand a month. I want 20 staff, then 50 staff, then 100 staff. I want to do a million, then 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, 50 million. I want to be a millionaire, hundred millionaire, a billionaire. And it's an endless pursuit and there's always another level. But the problem and the curse is that you get to the goal that once you thought was amazing, but but now it's just normal and it's not good enough because you've set the next goal. And so you're always looking for the destination and you're not enjoying the journey. But then when you get to the destination, you've already reset the new destination. So actually you never reach a destination because you're always pushing your destination further and further away. And you don't enjoy the journey because you only will enjoy the journey when you hit the destination. But you never allow yourself to hit the destination. And that is an empty pursuit. So some cliches need to come out. Enjoy the journey as well as the destination because you can enjoy both. So you have to reward yourself for small things as well as all things. You have to pat yourself on the back along the way. Like I'm a parent and I don't know if you're a parent. Maybe put some, uh, something in the comments if you're a parent. But let's be honest, sometimes a day when you don't punch a kid in the face, you win. I mean, you should be patting yourself on the back because how many days in the week do do your kids push you to the limit? And if you don't lose your shit with your kids, you should be patting yourself on the back. You need need a medal of honour from yourself. Today, I didn't lose my shit with a a client who complained or my kid or whatever. Now, look, I'm I'm being somewhat flippant. But the point is, there's lots of things that you do all day that you should be recognising yourself for, but you don't. So if you don't feel you're doing well enough... Make sure you sit and write down and list all the things that you've done well that are good about you, small things as well as the big things. And I think you'll be more balanced. You'll feel less empty. You'll feel less of a void in your life that you could never fill. Okay, the next one is never feeling good enough. So not doing well enough and not feeling good enough is different. So people who don't feel good enough, maybe they don't feel worthy. They don't feel credible Maybe they uh, feel they have a lack of confidence. There's some imposter syndrome. You know, I I don't feel worthy of being in this room with these people. Um, There's so many people more credible and more experienced than me. I shouldn't even start. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm a loser and all these things. Well, that is not true because every human being that's alive has a purpose for humanity, a, a greater purpose, probably understood by a bigger intelligence than ourselves. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist. Um, and therefore everyone has their own place and space. Um, Some people need to consume, some people need to produce. Um, You know, some people need to be a butcher, some a baker, some a candlestick maker, some a banker, some a lawyer, some an accountant, some a consultant, some an artist, because all of the vocations that exist in the world, for them to exist, they serve other people. We are an interconnected species. We are dependent on each other for survival. Like when you're born... You are completely dependent. For proper, I mean, I was dependent for 25 years. That's not good. And maybe you could be a bit more independent in your later teens. But I was dependent on my parents for 25 years like a baby. Whereas other um, mammals or animals that are born are immediately independent. Like they're just gone. Off in the wild, you're gone. Um, so we are an interdependent species. So you have a place. Your uniqueness is credible. Who you are has volition and meaning and purpose and value to others and you matter to people um, and sure you're not where you want to be yet and fine you don't have the skills yet but those skills can be learned um, and that experience can be gained because remember every winner was once a beginner and every master was once a disaster so not feeling good enough is not appreciating who you are appreciating what you've done appreciating your place and purpose I, you know, I've got Kieran here who heads up our social media. He's doing some of these lives while we're doing the recording. He's an ex-bodybuilding world champion. And if I compare my fitness and physique and body to him, I'm not going to feel good about myself. But he won't mind me saying I'm far better looking than him. (laughs) No, he won't mind me saying I've got a bit more money and I've got a bit more business experience. And if he compares himself to me in that, then he's not going to feel good. But he's 25 and he's not been in business anywhere near as long as I have. And I've not been doing all right. Okay, I'm a bit older than him, but I've not done as much weights. I've not had the training, the education, the experience, the journey. It's not been a goal of mine. So the best thing I can do is go, hey, Kieran admires me for this. I admire Kieran for that. This is my place. I'm good enough at being me. And that's the important thing. You are good enough at being you. And I think about maybe some people or some um, vocations which I feel have no value. Um, like a critic, Uh, what's the point of that? But if you think about every vocation it serves, because a critic serves to give you feedback, to keep you balanced, to help you learn, to keep you on mission, to stop you from being complacent, um, arrogant, flippant, to stop you from not caring and to become too powerful and too greedy. So everything that someone does in this planet has a value and purpose and place. And so if you believe that as a wider humanity, you have to believe that about yourself. I also think if you have faith in humanity, you can have faith in yourself because anything that any human being can do, you can do within your physical limitations. So sure, some people are born short, some people are born tall, some people are born strong, some people are not so strong. Some people are maybe born, um, you know, with slightly different genes, which gives them a certain strategic advantage in certain areas. I will uh, respect that. But no one is born a musical genius. No one is born a golfing world champion. No one is born a billionaire. All of those things are learned. So if any human being can learn it, you can learn it. So if you have faith in humanity's ability to create miracles, solve world problems, to learn, to to do amazing things, which human beings all across the world since the history of time, have proven over and over again the things that you think are amazing and inspiring and a miracle and you look at someone and go, wow, you're a genius. That's human. And that means you can do that too. All you have to do, therefore, is follow the process that the people that you admire or the people that are experienced in the space you want to be good at, you follow their process. You become their student. You get good mentors. You know, if you wanted to be a, a third or fourth down black belt, you would probably get a fifth or a sixth down black belt to teach and train you. I remember my um, PE instructor, Mr Marsh, um, he said to me when I was a kid, I was trying to touch my toes, I couldn't get past my knees. And he said, more, you're obviously inflexible, you've got tight hamstrings, it's just the way it is. And I owned that and thought, well, I'm inflexible, I've got tight hamstrings. What does that mean? I mean, that just doesn't mean anything. And he wasn't saying that to critique me, he was just, I think he was probably just trying to be kind and... So, I didn't feel stupid in front of everyone else trying to touch my knees when everyone else could touch their toes. By the way, I was probably in my Y fronts because I forgot my kit and I was really overweight as a kid. So, there's some bad memories there. But the point is, I own that belief. And then I went and started martial arts in my early 20s. And I said to my martial arts instructor, I just want to let you know I've got tight hamstrings. I'm not very flexible. And he went, There's no such thing as tight hamstrings. And I can help you get flexible. All right. And, and so um, he got me doing various stretches. And he got me just doing a little bit more each time and holding them. And occasionally he'd come and push me just a little bit from behind, just enough to stretch me. Um, and probably within, what, two years I could do the splits. Um, and that for me was a massive thing because my whole life I'd assumed I wasn't flexible. So you can learn anything that you want. So if you aren't who you want to be or where you want to be and don't feel that you're good enough, have faith in humanity's ability to learn and develop and become something, become something greater. Because if you have faith in humanity's ability to do that, You have to have faith in your own ability to do that because you are a human. I do want this video to be a kind video, a video to show you that I care if you're struggling. But what I don't want to promote is laziness or a victim mentality or too much self um, bathing in your own sympathy of um, loneliness and, you know, ineptitude. And it's my parents fault. And I was born in this um, particular part of the world. And this happened to me. Things make you or break you. Um, You know, your challenges, they define who you are. And we all have them, by the way. And I've spoken to people on a daily basis who've had um, suicide in the family, death in the family, murder in the family, Um, all sorts of, you know, horrific instances gone vastly bust, have everything taken from them, massive legal cases, you name it. I've heard or helped people through it. And every entrepreneur I speak to, they have their own challenges. We're all the same, that we have our own challenges. And we often assume that ours are deeper or harder or worse. For me, everything's about context. So if you look at the first three points I've covered, um, comparing yourself to others, well, that's context around how you compare yourself to others. And if you compare yourself favourably to 2, million, two billion um, people on the planet who don't even have um, uh, sanitary san- they don't have sanitary water. And they have to walk 10 miles to get water. You know, in some countries, water is probably one of the biggest causes of death. Drinking water. And I'm looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger feeling like I'm not successful enough in business. When at least I can drink clean water. There's always someone worse off than you. There's always someone that's got it harder than you. There's always someone who's had a lot worse luck than you. And that's wise to remember to keep yourself in balance. So you are a good enough already and you can learn to be even better you are credible now with who you are your whole life story I mean don't forget you've lived a life and you've got experience and you've overcome problems and you've dealt with difficulties and you've made some mistakes and you've learned from them and your life matters and your whole life needs to come into your art and your work the famous story of Picasso Picasso was one of the few artists in his life who made a lot of money in his life this is quite a famous story about him in a cafe in France um, he was very famous in his life, certainly in the later years, and a bit of a celebrity back then. And um, someone came up to him while he was having, you know, having a, a meal in a cafe and um, said, can you sketch me something? He got a napkin. He did a sketch. It took a few seconds. There was that pregnant pause. They looked at each other. The, the, the lady who asked him to do the sketch said, okay, so um, do I need to pay you for this? And he said, yeah, that'll be 5,000 francs. And she said, 5,000 francs? That took you five seconds. He said, no, that took me my whole life. And often with people's low pricing, with people's lack of feeling of confident and credible, um, it's because they're not honouring what they've done their whole life. They're just comparing themselves to other people who they perceive have done more. Okay, so the fourth thing um, to cover in this video, um, focusing on mental health in business and entrepreneurship is feeling alone and feeling underappreciated and not noticed and not important and not valuable. And I've suffered with this. Um, And I I wouldn't say I've got to the point where I've had suicidal thoughts, but whatever the level before that is, I'm not quite where I want to throw everything in because I know I'm on mission and that helps. But just the point where I like, I I don't know how much more of this I can take. Um, And sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, business owner, you're high up in a a, a career, you know, everyone brings their problems to you. But who do you go to with your problems? Who listens to you? Who cares for you? Who notices you? And when you hire staff, I have nearly 100 staff, you can go for weeks thinking, man, they're just... You you do the Christmas party here, half of them aren't happy. You do the Christmas party here, half of them aren't happy. You create some great staff benefits and half of them aren't happy. You know, you don't pay a much... Um, they leave. You pay them a good wage. They get lazy, and, and you know, like I don't have. There's always, always a problem, and sometimes you can feel like, well, I just feel like everybody's minion, even though I'm supposed to own the company. And you know, like when when the lights go off at the end of the day. How many of my staff come up to me, shake my hand and go, hey, thanks for employing me, Rob. Or Thomas Cook went bust and none of their staff have got any employment and none of them are getting paid. Thanks for employing me and, you know, thanks for being a good boss or an all right boss or whatever. Uh, and then when it's all challenge and you say one thing publicly, your team are like, why did you say that? And you've, you, you have to see the bank accounts and you're responsible for all that pressure. You have to take all the pressure and all the responsibility. And sometimes you can feel like you're unloved. There's not a lot of gratitude. Now, by the way, I'm not saying this is what happens. I'm saying this is how you can feel. And um, in our most challenging year, which is ironically also our best year, I felt at some degrees quite alone and isolated and no one understood me. But it was my fault because I've always had mentors and I, at this point, didn't have a mentor. Like only for a few months did I not have a mentor, but I felt having a mentor. I always go on courses and get coaches and do a lot of training and listen to a lot of podcasts and audio books. And for the, like that, those three months when I was rucking in, solving all of the fires that were, um, felt like they were spreading everywhere. And I felt like I was the only guy putting them out one little extinguisher against a load of massive fires. I hadn't done the courses that I had, the education, the podcasts, the audio books. I'd stop going out there and socialising with a lot of really successful entrepreneurs. I wasn't asking anyone for any help. You you know, if you just look at people, they don't know what you're trying to say. If you just look at them, you've got to ask them. So if you feel alone, underappreciated, misunderstood, um, unrecognised, you've got to ask for help. And I know sometimes you don't want to ask. You just want people to come and help. But that's a bit of a romantic notion. And actually, I've learned for most of the time, I'm pretty good at going and asking for help. And I'll ask a therapist or a mentor or I'll pay a therapist or a mentor or I'll go and ask someone in my staff or I'll ask the advice of my business partner or my MD or, you know. It's really important to have a good network of people around you, positive people, successful people, and some critics to challenge you and to learn from. But so many people are feeling alone, but they're not doing anything about it and they're not getting out there and they're not asking for help. And they're not surrounding themselves with the right people who can help them. And they say the rising of the tide lifts all ships. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger fam- famously said, um, no one succeeds alone. Everyone needs help. Everyone needs a team, needs an agent, needs a PA, you know, needs a, um, a support network. Um, you need staff. You need customers. You need communities. You need friends. No one succeeds alone. I mean, look at the biggest companies in the world. They hire I mean, Walmart's one of the biggest um, employers, I believe. I think they, they employ like, I don't know, is it 2 million people across the globe? So um, the Walt family didn't become billionaires on their own. Now, one thing I learned about myself is I'm pretty good at asking for help in every area except the area I perceive people look up to me. So I can go around and ask anyone for help for anything that I don't know how to do. Now, the old me who was defensive and jealous and bitter and envious, my ego would get in the way and I wouldn't ask anyone for any help because I didn't want them to think I was weak or that I couldn't do it. And I wanted to impress people and then think that I could do things so I'd struggle on my own. Um, And I've got rid of that now because asking for help isn't a weakness, it's a strength. And actually people like it when you ask for help because then they can help you and it makes them feel important. But one area of weakness for me is... If it's in writing books or marketing or strategy or vision or podcasts, up until maybe four months ago, I felt like I didn't want to ask anyone for help because I'm supposed to know that shit. And, you know, people look up to me and I'm supposed to be one. I'm supposed to have my stuff, like, figured out there. But it's okay for you to not have stuff figured out all the time. Are there marriage counsellors who've been divorced? Probably. You could argue it makes them a better marriage counsellor if they've been divorced. You know, are there bodybuilders who've been overweight? Are there personal trainers who've been overweight and unhealthy? Yeah, because that's part of their experience. So even in the areas where people think you've got it made, it's okay to ask for help. It's not a weakness to ask for help. Uh, And they say that you go halfway to solving the problem by admitting that you've got the problem. And that is huge. Okay, next then is you want to be a good parent. You know, you want to have a, a healthy, balanced life. You want some hobbies. You want some social life. And you've got to run this beast of a business or run this beast of a career and um, all the pressures of everything else outside your business. You know, maybe the husband or the wife is maybe not that happy. You're not seeing your kids as much. So I wrote a book called Routine Equals Results. And in that book, I explained um, it's a short book, but it's my most practical book. And I talk through um, how to create your ideal routine, which puts into place all the important elements of your life at the right time of day for the right amount of time, bespoke to you. And I think if you've got a lot of pressures from everything going on and you're overwhelmed and you're spinning loads of plates and you feel like you're not doing any job well and you're not keeping anyone in your life happy um, and you're feeling the stress and the strain and it's weighing you down um, and then there's a lot of guilt around that, you need to start prioritising, saying no to some things, making one, two or three things your main priority, giving them more time, compartmentalising your diary so that they're done, uh, they're fit in. Having accountability, i.e. if you don't do them, there's consequences so you get them done. Having deadlines um, and making that a consistent routine. Now, the paradox of being an entrepreneur is you're an entrepreneur because you like freedom uh, and you want to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want. And then as soon as you get all this freedom, if you've ever experienced it, you're lost. There's no accountability. You don't know when to get up. You don't know when to go to bed. You don't know when to do a job. There's so many distractions. You can kind of go and do what you want. I'll go and chase this penny, this penny, this penny, this penny, I'll try this business, this business, this business, this business. I'll go and see this person. I'll interrupt myself doing this. I'll interrupt myself doing that. And before you know, you spread so thin and you actually miss the accountability of having a boss and having a time when you come to work and when you go to work and a de- go from work and a deadline to meet. And, and deadlines really are most effective when they're external and you've got other people to let down. Like I have a publisher and they need my book by a certain date. And that that makes me write many more words, many more quickly and make that a focus of my time. Uh, And until I've got a deadline for my book, I find it really hard to write, even though I've written nearly 15 books. So accountability, deadlines, routine, isolating yourself from distractions, knowing your priorities, um, saying no and letting go of some things. And that includes when you see your kids. When you have date night or date, yeah, date night, once a month, once a year. Um, When you relax, when you do your social stuff, when you do key result areas, when you do your income generating tasks. For me, I get most of my income generating tasks done between 5.30am and 8am for the last two weeks. Because I'm I'm back in the game the last two weeks. Had a challenging three months, but had a good two weeks. By eight o'clock, I feel like, right, I've, I've done most of the stuff I need to do. I'm on it. Um, because no one's interrupting me, because it's a good time in the day for me, because the coffee kicks in, there's no dogs running in, there's no kids running in, there's no noise, there's no emails, there's no phone calls, and I've got time to get shit done and be productive, uh, and and you can get two or five times as much work done in that time. Okay, next then, penultimately, is um, feeling like you can't be yourself. Now, a lot of people say to me things like, oh, well, I just want to attract my ideal client, except they're trying to be everything to everyone in business and they're just taking clients on and attracting bad clients, and they're not saying no to the wrong clients and not being clear, the niche of the client. A lot of people say to me things like, oh, Rob, I just want to be loved for who I am, except they've got a wall up. That wall might be makeup. That wall might be what they wear. That wall might be a defence mechanism. They've got this wall up because they, they're scared of being vulnerable. They don't show the world who they are, so they attract the wrong kind of partner. And, you know, there are people who have recurring nightmares with partners. You know, they attract... Um, perpetual cheats or they're in perpetual abusive or destructive relationships um or they are just get psycho after psycho after psycho after psycho after psycho psycho. well I remember saying that to my mum once mum there's only psychos in Peterborough I've attracted so many psychos what's going on why are there only psychos in Peterborough everyone's a psycho and she said well what's the common denominator in all your relationships and I was like, yeah, it's me. So clearly the way I was being and the veil and the mask and the wall I was putting up to the world was attracting the wrong types. But to be fair, they weren't psychos. It was just that the recipe of me plus them equaled explosion like in chemistry when you like magnesium. Um, so I was attracting the wrong kinds of people because I was putting a false version of me out to the world. Now, it takes strength and courage, I know. But to be vulnerable and say, this is me and these are my strengths and these are my weaknesses and I'm not hiding my weaknesses and this is who I am. And if you don't like it, I'm okay with that um, because there's more people on Tinder so I can have another go or whatever it is. But when you show the world who you really are, you show the business world who you really are, you show the dating world who you really are, you show your kids who you really are, strengths and weaknesses, warts and all, all of a sudden you attract the people into your life that are attracted by that. They're attracted by your strengths. They bring uh, their strengths to your weaknesses. They're attracted by your vulnerabilities and your honesty and your compassion and your courage. So if you feel like you can't be yourself, if you feel like people don't understand you for who you are, if you feel lost alone in in that world of um, your mental health, then it has to come from you. And you have to show the world who you are. And you have to take the lead and be a bit more vulnerable and put yourself out there a bit more. And that's what a lot of people are struggling to do with their mental health is... Um, They're protecting themselves and they're putting on a false veil of strength and that gets tiring and it ends up beating you down and in the end you break. And I know when I store things in, they build, they build, they build, they build and then I just have this massive meltdown. It used to be like a six month ongoing pattern of me. People would confront me. I was too weak to confront them back. People would bully me. People would give me feedback. Um, I could hear people saying things and I bottle it and bottle it and bottle it and bottle it and bottle it. And I couldn't take the rejection of confronting someone and saying wait a minute don't say that and pushing back Um, or being honest and also not being able to say no so people would ask me to do things and I would say yes 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 because I didn't want to let them down and then I build up all this pressure of all these things I'd committed to that I couldn't do and it would build and build and build and, and then you lose your shit and you have a massive meltdown and who's it always nearly in front of your loved ones and the people you care about the most end up taking all that shit from you and Maybe that's not fair on them or worse, your customers, your clients or like online or in public. So you take the lead, show yourself who you really, show the world who you really are, including your weaknesses and vulnerabilities and you will attract great people. And by the way, when you admit your weaknesses, it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork and say, oh, I struggle with that too. And you shone the light. And I'm really inspired by what you did and what you said. I would never have thought to do videos on um, World Mental Health Day, but probably other than my big celebrity guests, My most downloaded podcast, my most watched YouTube videos when I talk about mental health and, you know, not wellness, but proper mental health and the struggles and the challenges and the depression that we go through. Um, So your mental health in business and entrepreneurship and generally is incumbent on you not bottling things up. Asking for help, having good people around you, not comparing yourselves to others, not beating yourself up, and then when you beat yourself up, feeling guilty about beating yourself up and beating yourself up even more, not suffering alone, not trying to take on the world or too much responsibility, not—you've got to defend yourself when it's important to defend yourself. You've got to be able to say no and push back when that's important. Um, And all of these things will give you. In the moment, some things may be harder, but in the long run, you'll be more balanced. You'll have better energy. You'll have better well-being. Wealth, people are looking for wealth, aren't they? They're looking for money. Well, the definition of wealth is well-being. Okay, so finally then, critics and trolling. So social media has changed the world in that it's a quicker, probably more nasty with words way of being able to criticise. To have a fake profile and to troll people. Online bullying, you know, the speed at which negativity can get to us. Also, it works in reverse where the speed that you can get out to the world and build your brand and um, leverage social media to build your business is also much accelerated. Um, But we're all still trying to figure this out, this online bullying, this trolling, this hate online. Um, So I would say a few things. Number one is most people on social media don't know you. They're seeing a version of you that you're putting out to the world. So, if you put the true version out of you, at least you're being judged for who you are. People will judge you anyway. They're probably, you know, like when someone sends you a really nasty email because you sent them an email at the wrong time or they got a notification or they felt spammed or, um, you know, when you're scrolling and you see an ad and you get really annoyed because your pattern got interrupted um, or you were doing something and then you got distracted. So most of the time when people give you shit online, it's just that on them and their feeling of distraction, frustration, anger, something's gone on in their life. You lo- usually, for example, lose your shit with your kids when you've had a bad day and you've got stress. And when you haven't had a bad day and you've got stre- not got stress, you probably handle your children better. And you can handle their emotions more because you realize they're a child and I'm not. But then when you feel like a child, you act like your child. So that's people and people are usually reacting negatively to you, not to you. But to the shit that's going on in their life. And in the past, when I have fought back, I've just created a big problem or a big fight or sometimes worse, a bit of a reputational issue. Um, But when you care to listen and to understand someone and think, well, why are they being like that? Is there something behind that that maybe I could help with And, and actually take time to consider and care people? You can turn critics into fans. The next thing is critics have actually useful feedback for you and people are often calling critics haters. If you call a critic a hater, you'll turn them into a hater. But in reality, a critic often is someone that's just got good feedback for you or wants to use your products and services or get to know you, but they're just a bit more sceptical because they've been screwed over by a load of people and that's okay. So you have to be careful not to react badly to critics or trolling um, and take it personally. And I think if you don't take it personally and you know that that's just the world and that's just them and it serves me to make me stronger and more independent and it makes me improve my products and services and outlook um, because if I didn't have the critique and the trolling I'd have, to have no accountability and I'd get lazy and complacent so it actually serves you. So I think to summarise your mental well-being will be much better if you're able to see the upsides in the downsides. So if you're comparing yourselves to others negatively think about, okay, well, what are the upsides to that? Okay, maybe it motivates me more. um, Or maybe it gets me to look at my own strengths to balance myself. The second thing is if you're not feeling like you're doing good enough, what's the upside of that? Well, maybe you need to put more work and time and effort in. um, Or maybe it gets you to look at the um, things about you that you are doing well. Um, Maybe um, it makes you more humble. If you're not feeling good enough, um, what's the upside to that? It might help you seek help and support from other people. You might start to leverage and outsource things to people who've got skills in areas that you haven't. Um, if you're feeling alone and underappreciated, what's the upside of that? Well, maybe you get a chance to be, go more inside yourself and actually really think about who you are and what, and what you want. Um, maybe it will teach you um, to go and ask for help and support from other people. Everything has an upside. And most people, when they're down, depressed, lonely or struggling with their mental health, they're just seeing all downside. You have skills, you have talents, you have gifts. If you care about yourself to honour those, then no one can make you feel something about you that you don't already feel yourself. And so if you're focusing on everything that you haven't gotten done and people point that out, then you're probably going to feel empty. Whereas if you know who you are and you know what you've done and you know that you have a place and you're not comparing yourself to others, you're comparing yourself to um, just the you that you know you can be. And if there's a bit of a gap between who you are and who you want to be, that's fine because it's traction for growth. And you ask for help when you need it and you don't suffer alone. And you look after your mental health. Then I think you'll be all right. Because we're all struggling. And all those swans are elegant above the water, are kicking and screaming like everyone else under the water. I sometimes think if I have a few critics, well, you know, Katie Price or Katie Hopkins or Katie Piper, three very different Katies. I often think about those ladies, you know, Katie Piper, a beautiful person, and someone just threw acid all over her face and completely disfigured her. And all the hate that she got from people, yet she's just such a beautiful person. You know, Katie Price, who has probably struggled with how she looks and tried to change the way she looks and has probably got millions of haters, but also inspires millions of women. I know she does. And, you know, if you ever think that you're getting a bit of shit online, go and search Katie Hopkins into Google and see how much shit she gets online. Um, And so I think context is really important because you probably haven't got it as bad as you think. Like seasons, nothing stays the same. The darkness does become light. Unfortunately, sometimes the light turns to darkness. We have periods and seasons in our life. Sometimes they're days, weeks, months. Sometimes they're a year or two. The the depths of the recession. You could be a few years where things aren't quite as good as you want them to be. Um, So I think it's wise to prepare for these eventualities, getting good people around you, saving money, um, not um, overstretching yourself, outsourcing when you can, um, making sure that you're developing your strengths and um, having people around you who are good at, at your weaknesses, being kind to yourself. How many times a day do you pat yourself on the back and go, mm, I did good today? Yeah. Mm. Probably not many, if, if any. So maybe you can do that a bit more. Maybe you can forgive yourself for the mistakes you perceived you made because maybe they weren't mistakes. Maybe they were meant to be. You know people say things like, oh, well, you know, it obviously had to happen like that because it makes me who I am. So every mistake you make makes you who you are. So in that regard, it has some gift and upside element to it. And then if there's anyone you're holding bitterness and resentment to, you know, people that you feel have wronged you, screwed you, over, hurt you badly, that you're finding it hard to let go of, that you carry with you all the time, that affects your relationships with people, forgive them because they probably didn't mean it. And even if they did, they probably just were overrun with emotion and they probably have guilt and you know what, they'd, they'd probably say sorry if they had the chance but people are too stubborn to do that. And actually it probably served you because it made you strong and dependent. Um, so the stuff that you're holding on to about yourself and others, let that go and forgive yourself and them for that. I wrote about that a lot in my book, I'm Worth More because I think that's probably the greatest gift that you could give to yourself. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you found it useful. Um, And I always sign out with the same quote, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.